0: Welcome to the Syndicate from the business of hockey and the goal with your hosts Richard York and Las Kowalski. Sit down, have a cigar and scotch, listen to some good music, and we'll talk hockey and business. Let's start this episode. Welcome to episode two of The Syndicate. We're very excited about this particular episode because we're going to start getting into more of the meat and potatoes of what's happening within Toronto, getting
1: into the technology, what we're talking about on the analytics side. When you're talking about the Allen analytics and the push that they're doing into the NHL as compared to the other sporting franchises like the football and baseball and stuff like that. It's a recent development that's happening in the NHL, probably in the last five years, I'd say. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about from five years ago, which really complements where things are going. And and you can't talk about how things are going without discussing uh, Kyle Dubas and John Chayka down in Arizona there. These two guys are really leading the charge as far as management of a hockey franchise go and where the direction is as far as up-to-date technology, thought processes, analytical abilities, and they're really helping ownership groups who care more about business numbers and helping them to adapt into new age ideas about how to create a successful franchise without pulling out your checkbook. They've always run off of old school methods, which is fine. You know, there's certain level of success with those old school methods and analytics is merely just another tool to add to the tool chest to help with decision-making processes and everything like that. And there's a lot of interesting uh, videos and data about Kyle Dubas and the way that he was brought up and his mentality towards analytics and how they are used and really just data processing in general. It all kind of falls under the analytics umbrella when he's up there speaking to crowds of university students and in front of the media and stuff like that. He talks much about uh, the future of the NHL and where it's going and why he believes it's going there. So you can kind of see his mental trend and where it is going. So we talked about in the, between the hash marks, we talked a lot about his management decisions. And now we are going to talk a lot about ownership decisions and the future of not only the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the entire NHL, because the analytics is not only a tool for managers and coaches to use, but it's a tool for president of hockey operations personnel, as well as ownership groups. And the NHL as a franchise and what they use it for.
0: We've been doing a lot of research into this, finding a lot of obscure information. Where is this getting rooted from? The charge that Kyle Dubas and John Cheka are doing, they are the definition of pioneers, implementing and translating that process of what's being done for decades into a new format, which that new format is analytics structure of analytics is not isolated to hockey. It originated in other sports franchises and it has been further developed out
1: in different areas. Well, we're going to be debating between um, different leagues and different uh, franchises about how they use analytics and how far along they are. They're not going to give you the, the cream of the crop right now because it is still something that they're very much using. But when you jump over to other leagues like football and the amount of money that flows around in those franchises, there's a lot. Those are bigger businesses. That's much bigger business and, you know, much more profitable business. So they can afford to throw more money at uh, different things like analytics. But they're also more advanced on how to peak performance as well as safety And business and you look into baseball and it's the same thing. And there's actually been movies made about it. They talk about it all the time about how, how do you get bang for your buck players that aren't perhaps flashy, but effective richest franchises in the world probably seven of them are NFL franchises you know you'll have the Yankees up there I think Manchester United was up there Boston Red Sox I think were up there and I think the rest were NFL franchises so NFL is the the top dog when you're looking at sports leagues you know you have the NBA too who's well, their top dog too right they're pretty rich but yeah in the in the top 10 richest franchises in the world across every sport six or seven of them are NFL franchises. They're definitely pushing the boundaries
0: of where they're going with this focus of analytics. The NFL has an initiative internally, and they're looking at implementing a platform that they call the digital athlete. And I know that within the NHL, there are a lot of discussions that have been happening about concussions in the NHL. You and I were talking about this just earlier, how many concussions were actually
1: happening In the NFL, the statistics, mind-blowing, it's over 200. Like every season in the NFL, it's over 200 concussions. Just concussions, not injuries, just concussions. Well over 200. Where do you think this is is actually originating from, these concussions in the NFL? Well, I'd take a shot in the dark about it. Definitely in game state, there's lots of heavy hittings and stuff like that. Oftentimes with uh, the symptoms of a concussion is that sometimes they're not always front and present. Sometimes you get hit so hard, you see little birdies, then the, the little birdies disappear and you feel that you're good to go again. And these guys are all pumped up on an adrenaline and like you're in a game state, you're ready to go. Right. And you have some time to get your wits about you. And then you go back on the field and you know what, they fight through injuries all the time, all the time. In hockey, the one year uh, Patrice Bergeron was playing in the Stanley cup finals with a punctured lung. They didn't know he had a punctured lung until he went to the hospital after they were kicked out, after they lost in the finals, <laughs> they took him to the hospital and he was playing with a punctured lung, you know? So when I talk about these guys being warriors and stuff like that, they are, you know, you get battered and beat up and in the NFL, you get hit pretty hard. So as far as where the concussions come, it's either going to be in game state or it could be in practice and it may not be revealed as a concussion initially. And I'm sure concussion protocols that they go through, they have concussion spotters during game states and stuff like that. I don't know if the NFL has those kinds of things, but certainly there's a lot more opportunity to diagnose a player on the bench. There's a lot more downtime in NFL. It's certainly, there's tons and tons of opportunities for an injury like that. And it is it is staggering numbers. That's a lot of concussions. It's crazy. How many games do they play a year
0: in the NFL? 16. Regular season, yeah. You couldn't be expected that all those concussions were coming from regular season play. It would have to be combined with practice or whatever. There has to be some other area that it must be focusing on.
1: Yeah, like it it could happen like earlier in the season. And like I said, you could fight through it for a little bit. And perhaps it's not diagnosed unless it's a lingering thing. So it's hard to know. You'd actually have to talk to a professional about that. I'm not a professional. I only speculate from the outside looking in. But I think those are staggering numbers. And you talked about the NFL partnering up with Amazon. Once you talk about that, bit, get the viewers an idea what we're talking about. There's an initiative within the technology sector that they refer to as
0: cloud computing. A lot of the software that's being developed on servers or computers in a central warehouse that you access over the Internet. Amazon, several years ago, created an entity that they refer to as AWS. They took their internal structure and they started renting it out about 15 years ago. This was way before anything was coming from the other players. Amazon AWS has been on the forefront of developing technologies in the cloud, can access resources to develop more sophisticated applications and to be able to do different approaches and calculations and methods and anything that requires a lot of computer power, you don't have to buy the hardware or the actual lines to that hardware. And so what Amazon has done is they've moved forward into an initiative to bring about artificial intelligence, something that they refer to as machine learning, something that they refer to as deep learning. And the idea is, is that you input, they refer to it as big data, you're bringing in large amounts of data to do analysis analysis or analytics from the past for future decisions. The NFL and Amazon signed a contract to be able to have the ability to create a new platform that they refer to as the digital athlete. The whole purpose of the digital athlete is to be able to look at the safety side when it comes to what an athlete is doing on the field. It has to do with gear, liability issues. The direction of something like the digital athlete and the platform, how that fits into the NFL. And we were talking about how the ownership groups would be using that platform as a tool. And so what's your, what's your viewpoint on that?
1: Well, if you're looking at the idea of big business, um, you're trying to limit your unnecessary costs, As an owner of a business, you're always trying to do that. You're trying to trim the fat, financial fat. When you're dealing with big business like that, it's no different. You're always trying to find more efficient ways and more cost-effective ways. The NFL is investing in this digital athlete because of the injury rates. Every NFL player, every hockey player is insured. They still get paid when they're not playing. So they have insurance costs. They have lawsuit costs. There's a big concussion lawsuit. Not only in the NFL, but in the uh, NHL as well. When you're looking at these kind of things, not only do you focus on the health and safety of your players, because that's how you encourage them to continue playing, but it's also how you draw in a fan base is that they need to know that you're taking care of these guys. You have to, that's just human nature, right? It's the morality behind it. But from a business angle and pure numbers and pure data, you are you are trimming the fat, you're trimming unnecessary expenses, you're trimming the the lawsuit money, the insurance money, stuff like that. is is that you're covering your butt, keeping more money in the business and less expenses. When they're investing in a digital athlete platform, they talk lots about the safety of the players when they're describing its use. Like I used this analogy earlier, but if you think about uh, when they're testing a vehicle, they crash it. What better way to test a vehicle's impact than impacting it, right? So you get T-boned, you see videos of vehicles getting T-boned, they crush it into concrete walls, they throw dummies in there to simulate what impact and what force that would have on the human body. All this kind of stuff, that all results in data too, right? On how they structure the vehicle and to keep the driver safe. It's no different with the digital athlete. The difference is is that you can't throw a dummy into an NFL uniform and steamroll them with another NFL dummy in an NFL uniform. The mechanics behind that are a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah, and I'm just reading an article here right now about how they're defining the digital athlete platform. To summarize it, they're viewing it as a computer simulation model of an NFL player. Yeah. It's using the computer simulation to be able to test different game scenarios without putting actual players at risk. It talks about it's using artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer vision technologies, and it's taking information on the player position, the play type, the type of equipment used, the playing surface, the information on player injury, and then the hope is to be able to treat and rehabilitate injuries, but in the future, they want to be able to use that platform to predict and prevent injuries and also to better detect concussions that identify the forces that cause them. And so the thing that was really fascinating to just show how far technology has actually come, the NFL currently uses sensors on jerseys. Anywhere there's actually physical movement or potential impact, this relationship that they've actually created with Amazon, with AWS, they're actually now taking special type of video. This video is then being transcribed into data endpoints. And then those data endpoints, once they're in the database, a roadmap that you create of what you want to accomplish for the end. So for let's say, for example, you have a range of what is impact of play on this area, this area, whatever it is, and whatever that outcome you want that range to be, you now have the ability to take those data endpoints straight from video, not from any of the actual sensors on the body and be able to do it in real time. We're talking about here is the football league is creating a platform, is doing analysis of data endpoints in real time. Now, this was not possible even five years ago. This is all brand new. And the technology industry has been working on for a very long time. When someone talks about artificial intelligence, you think of robots, basically Terminator. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, right. Skynet. You're thinking of Terminator. In today's world, the definition of artificial intelligence to be able to have a system that can do analysis in real time and then be able to count for bias. Kyle Dubis is about removing bias from the data that is being brought in. And it's the same thing when you are, for example, in the NFL. You can't have any outside influences on that data. Dirty data. And that's what we called it. Dirty data. It's called dirty data. You can't have any type of influence on that data. Some of the things that Dubis has said has definitely triggered something in me. This is much bigger than just the word analytics and analysis. When you start looking at What you can do with clean data in order to create an AI model, you need to be able to have data that doesn't have any influences. With artificial intelligence, there's two branches. There's the one branch, what they refer to as machine learning, and there's another branch that they refer to as deep learning, or the old term is called neural network. The machine learning part is processes. So think of it in the form of tasks. That data and how much influence on that data you have, there's a certain metric you can get away with, a certain amount of bias. The machine learning, the processes that you are coming up with to implement, you're defining those processes, but they're not necessarily replicating themselves. In a deep learning scenario, the data has to be 100% clean, because what you're doing is in that model, you're developing processes that build on themselves and learn from themselves. And I think that when we go back to something like the digital athlete of what the NFL is doing, that data has to be clean, because in order for that data to be used in an effective way, to be able to have huge amounts of data points coming in, you have to be able to be guaranteed that whatever the output is of what you're looking at, it provides the greatest amount of accuracy. When I saw that, and I saw that initiative, what we've heard Kyle Dubis talk about, I don't think that this is just about analytics. I think that... They're focused on developing a platform. And I think it's being able to use that platform internally that is going to have a level of sophistication that is going to provide not only the necessary tools in asset management and acquisition from management, but I think you're going to have a tool that is going to go all the way into coaching. And I think the coaching style is going to have to adapt to that. Just like Kyle Dubas said, this is not a short-term initiative. This is a long-term. But when he said that, why is this a long-term initiative? What is the final outcome for this? And I think if you start looking at some of the things that are happening, what the NFL is doing with AWS begins to show you a little bit of that direction, what the potential is within the Leafs, the direction that other franchises in the league will potentially go down that path.
1: Well, what people often forget is that with analytics, it, it's a processing system. To process, the more data you have, the more accurate process. It is not a make or break tool, whether it's players, prospects, teams, franchises, merchandise, whatever. As we talked about, it is a tool to be used to help. It's not a make or break. It's not black and white. The more data you have, the more black and white it gets. However, when you're introducing it into an NHL franchise, you don't have a lot of base data to start with. So you have to start the data collecting process. So when you have people like Kyle Dubas jumping into the Toronto Maple Leafs, why didn't they win the cup the next year if he believed in analytics so much. John Chayka, why is it taking until this season before the Arizona Coyotes are a competent team? It's because you need that database. You need that time to collect data, to refine your resources and to straighten things out. It is a tool to be used. It is not uh, not necessarily a solution for every problem that you have. And it is a tool used by ownership, management, operations, staff, coaches, do you know everything media use it as well. We haven't
0: talked about this, and i it just occurred to me if we go back to what I was talking about on the artificial intelligence side, where there's two models, one is called machine learning, one is called deep learning or neural network, is it possible that what Dubis is actually looking at doing, and I personally think this makes a lot of sense is If machine learning is taking your data and only executing processes in a singular fashion where a deep learning or neural network is actually taking that data and building on it and helping to do predictions, do you not think that that actually could become the foundation of a digital scout? When you're talking about scouting, it is data collecting in and itself. But if you're running it in real time... And you're using that model in
1: different ways. Well, to use it for digital processing, you would need video coverage. You got to remember that the video coverage follows the puck. It doesn't follow the player. You don't have cameras on that player all game state. However, as we've discovered uh, five years ago, they started using GPS signals in hockey player jerseys and it tracks the movements and the pace of that hockey player during game state. So there is other ways of tracking. That player, when you're talking about digital scouting, I don't think the resources are there to do that at different league levels. Perhaps in the NHL, if one team is scouting another player that already has a basis of data and a sample of work that you can work from so that there's already something there that has been produced at the NHL level, because then you have the technology and you have the advancement to instigate that data processing. But if you're talking about uh, the junior leagues or even Europe and stuff like that, you're going to be relying on other people's data processing and stuff. So I think there are there will always be a need for human element in scouting, but that just has to do with the level of technology in different levels of the league. If we're just talking NHL, certainly you could definitely use digital scouting because when we're talking about Dubis, something that he did in the franchise when he became the general manager and he decided to hire scouts for his franchise, what he did was is that he did not interview them. He did not interview anybody. He asked them for a scouting report on a certain player and or certain players. He gave them a job, a task to do, and they were to hand in the report with no name on it. And what he did was is that him and his team evaluated the scouting report and they picked the best scout to hire based on the scouting report. And what that did was, is that removed all bias from the situation. He talked about on some of his videos about how the brain and how the eyes lie to you. And it can be corrupted and it can be twisted, whether you like it or not. And even in him who fights it so much admits that they're still there. So he finds creative ways around it to remove that bias, to remove that dirty data that we're talking about. And that scouting process is probably just a prelude to what you were talking about, where it is a digital scout, where there's zero bias. He called it limiting the
0: impact of cognitive bias on personal decisions. You're dealing with a general manager that is not talking hockey talk. He's talking data scientist talk. He's not talking hockey talk. And I think that is one of the main issues of what's happening. Fans turn away from this because they don't understand it. This is really complicated. This is really complex. You're looking at perspectives that have to do with statistics. You're looking at perspectives that have to do with mathematics. You have someone like Brendan Shanahan is allowing this initiative to move forward in this particular direction. There's a lot of translation Of something like this that has to be done to management. People that are in management or in operations, they don't get this. They don't understand it. You would have to have some really solid people working with you who can communicate between analytics and the business side and to be able to define the business case for this for them to buy in. And I think that is one of the main problems that's happening. In the league right now, in a lot of the franchises, that translation is not clear. To spend money on something where you don't have the proper resources and department in place, Kyle Dubas has a passion for this. You can tell from the way he talks, the way he perceives things, but that's far and few between. That's hard to find. You got John Chayka in Arizona, but trying to develop analytics department in a league with people that don't have necessarily a passion for this that's from a business standpoint that's where your risk is coming in from i know that if i was in management i would be questioning what is the return on investment by me doing something like this can i
1: uh, can i read you something here this is the fa- 15 fastest growing jobs according to linkedin and this is a forbes report posted December 11th, 2019. And it gives you a top list of the 15 sought after jobs in the new year. Number one on that list is artificial intelligence specialist. Number two, robotics engineer, data scientist, full stack engineer, site reliability engineer, custom success specialist, sales development representative, data engineer. Behavioral Health Technician, Cybersecurity Specialist, Back-End Developer, Chief Revenue Officer, Cloud Engineer, JavaScript Developer, and Product Owner. Now, when you're talking about the business of hockey, there's probably about 10 of those that are relevant to a hockey operations staff. Not necessarily the management of the hockey team, but when you're dealing with the franchise from the business owner perspective, And when you're dealing with data scientists and artificial intelligence specialists and stuff, that means you can see where the world is going. And it's real world applications. When you deal with big business, it's because they have the revenue to afford this kind of thing. Before we go any farther, I think we need to discuss uh, Kyle Dubas' background.
0: This has been part one of The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey and the Gold. Next week, we'll be posting part two of this three-part episode series, continuing our talk on the digital athlete, Kyle Dubas, and analytics in hockey. Thanks for listening to The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey and the Gold. Till next week. Thanks for listening to The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey and the Gold, produced by the Power Roadmap podcast. Until next time.